BG Mania, a video game music podcast for September 18th, 2019, is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. to BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the Seaman himself. It's Frank. Um, yeah, I don't like that nickname, but hi guys. <laughs> Come on, you had to know, based on an underwater themed episode, that was immediately where I was going to go. I mean, I you just to, had yes. to know. <laughs> For those just joining, oh, I'm surprised you didn't pick from C-Man. For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes, which will always be announced in advance. So you're always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh, and something exciting each and every week. If you're new to the world of video game music podcasts, you are in for a treat, but for all the veterans that may be stumbling upon our neck of the Lost Woods for the very first time, Frank and I definitely tell more personal stories about the games we play music from and about the tracks themselves, instead of constantly diving into music theory and breaking apart each track, instruments at a time. As always, we hope you enjoy the episode we have lined up for your listening pleasure today. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever listening to us and leave that five-star rating under review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. And remember, starting next month, we will be doing that giveaway for a gift card to your storefront of choice, whether that being Steam, Epic Game Store, PSN, eShop, or Xbox. We will be doing a giveaway, and we'll announce it again when the actual start date is, but it will be the first week of October, and it'll run the entire month. All you got to do is leave us a rating and a review during that time, send us proof that you did so, and we'll enter you into the contest, and we'll just pick a name randomly uh, out of a hat or using a randomizer online or something like that. The, uh, the first episode in November. So hopefully this will drive some ratings and reviews for us because we definitely, definitely, definitely need more. And uh, you don't have to wait if you don't want to. Just leave us a rating and a review and let me know you did so and I'll probably enter you in anyway because we really want these ratings and reviews. And the winner is Frank. I told you last week, man, you're not eligible. I told you that last week. You can keep trying. Frank and, and is. You could, and you could, I was going to say, you could try being uh, Frank reversed or whatever you used to do on the old Narf. wrestling podcast. Yeah, Narfunkel <laughs> or whatever the hell you called yourself. 
<laughs> ain't happening. <laughs> you ain't eligible. But everyone else, you are out there, so be on the listen for when that actually starts. I've been excited to do this episode for a while. It was a listener-submitted episode by Steven, one of our listeners over in Germany, and suggested this brilliant idea for an episode when he submitted the track for Astrobot a couple months ago for a uh, for a radio hour. We listened to that. And I had fun picking these tracks. I knew this was going to be a strong episode when I really started sitting down and figuring out exactly what I wanted to play. I didn't know how strong this episode was going to end up being until I saw the final playlist earlier today, putting it together, grabbing all the composers, some of the information about the games. I'm super impressed with what we have lined up today. This is this is impressive. I mean, underwater levels always invoke that feeling like they're always like usually some of the best music in games in general. Think of like heavy hitters that you're not hearing on episode today, like Aquatic Ambiance from uh, Donkey Kong. We actually played that on Max Level because we already played that before. <laughs> well, I didn't hear it on this episode. Yeah, you, you heard it on Monday for Max Level. Yes, that was the uh, that was our preview track because we have played or, Aquatic or, or Ambiance. The Water Temple from Legend of Zelda. Yeah, no one would pick that music. It's the best. No one, favorite, <laughs> no, level. No one would pick that music. <laughs> yeah, very, very frustrating what temple. And it goes to show that water water levels aren't always the best things in games. But I am very pleased with the music that we're going to be hearing today. And that fun little track that we heard at the beginning was your first pick. It was. Uh, and that was the Ocean Master versus Aquaman battle from Aquaman Battle for Atlantis. Uh, the number one selling game on the Nintendo GameCube came out July 23rd, 2003. Was it also the number one selling game on PlayStation 2 and Xbox? I don't think it was the number one selling game anywhere. I bet you guess it's, it's it's not a good game. I think we, we actually talked about this a long, long time ago. We used to do a thing called Good Game, Bad Game. This is a bad game. Yeah, we did that on uh, max level back in the day when it was just the two of us. But uh, we say this all the time. Sometimes bad games have really good music. Uh, and this one actually has a great composer attached to it. This is Tommy Tallarico. Yeah, this is one of those times. I remember we uh, we played a track from this, if I'm not mistaken. We didn't. In our Tom, we didn't play this in our Tommy Tallarico episode. We didn't. I, I know it was. We we probably reviewed it because we listened to almost everything you had to pick our tracks. But uh, I'm surprised you didn't uh, pick from that because that just seems like a game you would pick from. You know, Aquaman being your favorite superhero and all. Well, I'm not a big DC fan to be quite honest, but uh, I respect Aquaman. Okay, he has a really cool power. He talks to fishes. You guys are both semen. Right. <laughs> Speaking of tracks covered in semen, what do you have for us next? <laughs> that was a bad transition, and you know Again, it. It's horrible. I, can, <laughs> I promise you, I will do better. I will dive deep into these songs. Say, oh, see, water yeah. puns. D- diving deep, exactly. I don't. I don't. I like that track. It was. Uh, I, I've never played Aquaman: Battle for Atlantis. I've never played that game. But I, I fully, obviously, am always trusting of Tommy Tallarico to produce something good. And that sounded kind of epic. Was this a... Now, I know you've played this. Was this one of the later fights in the game? Or Yes. Okay. Uh, and it's not a very robust soundtrack in general. This was probably the best thing on the soundtrack. Okay. I was wondering if it was later because, like, you know, his Ocean Master sounds like more of a final boss type of a thing. What's so, the end of- Yeah, that's kind of what I was feeling. But great track, great, good pick, and a fun way to start the episode. Whenever I do think water music, though, my mind tends to gravitate toward one specific thing, and that's what I chose to kick off my batch of picks. And it's funny that you mentioned The Legend of Zelda because I did pick from that franchise, but I didn't pick the Water Temple. 
I decided to go with the Twilight Princess version of Zora's Domain because of how amazing this particular track ends up being and how different it really is from some of the other Zora music we hear throughout the Legend of Zelda franchise. So again, from the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, this is Zora's Domain. was Zora's Domain from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, which released November 19th, 2006 on the Wii, and then a couple weeks later would release December 2nd, 2006 on the GameCube, which I will always say every time we play Twilight Princess music, I do feel like the GameCube version is superior over the Wii version because that was the original intended release, and it's the one that isn't mirrored, so that's the one that I kind of played first and then went back and played the Wii version several months or I think it may have been close to a year after I beat the GameCube version. But that particular track was composed by Toro Minigishi. I love that, dude. It, it takes a little bit of the like music, like how Zora's Domain kind of sounded in Ocarina of Time and Koji Kondo's composition, but it adds just enough stuff to be magical. Like, I love that slight hint of a vocal in the background there. It is beautiful. See, Koji Kondos goes, mine goes, no, it's a little bit more different than that. I kid, I kid. But it's so freaking beautiful, man. Like, it really does feel like you're underwater. It feels like you're magical, man. It feels so magical. Not you're magical, but you are magical, well, too. Well, I'm, I'm, that is a perfect pick, uh, pick for this episode. Cause, like, that's, that's the feeling that I was talking about earlier. Like, it just... 
it's peaceful it's serene you know it's that that's what these aquatic tracks do. that's why we love them so much yeah and a good chunk of the music we have today it, it does have that motif it has that theme behind it but i do think that there's a couple picks that we have that are so different and it's going to be fun hearing the the contrast to some of these tracks that i know are a bit faster and a bit different and and that is going to be fun but yeah most of the stuff we hear today is very serene very peaceful and I couldn't think of a better way to start my section than with that particular track from Twilight Princess, because that really is the first place my mind always goes to is that type of music and really that setting like in Zelda games, period. The Zora area is usually one of my favorite, if not my favorite section in each game. Thinking back more recently to Breath of the Wild, the Zora section was my favorite section in that game, too. Like, it usually just is my favorite. I'm in 100% agree with you. When I think water and video games, I do think The Legend of Zelda. I think Mario, just because that's ingrained into me. Part of me thinks Turtles, and the part of me thinks this next game as well, just because... Perfect. Water is, well, one of the major elements in this game. Uh, from Pokemon, Ruby, and Sapphire, this is Dive. That was Dive from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. 
uh, which came out here in the States March 19th, 2003. That's your Generation 3 Pokemon game, uh, composed by Go Itchy Nose. Go Itchy Nose. Or it's probably like Itchy Nose or something like that is how you say his last I-C-H-I-N-O-S-E. name, probably. I-C-H-I-N-O-S-E. Itchy Nose. Yeah. Um, itchy Nose. <laughs> Dude, I like that. I've never played, obviously, and we've talked about this before. I am not an expert when it comes to Pokemon. My experience solely exists with the Let's Go game from last year and the Coliseum games and the Pokemon XD on GameCube. So I don't have a ton of experience with Pokemon, which I know is sad, but I'm getting into it more and I'm very much looking forward to Sword and Shield when it comes out this year. Actually, a couple months. We're only two months away from that, which is really cool. But I love how that sounded. As soon as it started, you could instantly hear that underwater theme, like that underwater stuff. You could hear it. If you listen hard enough at a certain point, you'll actually hear the bubbles, like the bubbles are part of the song. I was going to say, I did hear that. You could kind of hear the bubbles and just like, or what you would assume a bubble would sound like. Uh, and this, this is always, there's a pretty cool mechanic added to these games. Um, like you, you, for one, you can always surf. I think surf started, yeah, surf started in generation one. Yeah, surf was in one because it was in Let's Go. So, so if you ride your Pokemon out to a deep spot, it's, it's a darker water. And if your Pokemon has the, at that time, hit a machine and dive, they can dive down deep and you can find hidden caves and you can find items and deep water Pokemon. It was pretty cool. They've changed this throughout the games going forward. But back then, you could only be underwater so long before, you know, you got to come up for a breath. You know, you're a mammal. That's uh, generally the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't stay underwater forever until I have to come up and take a breath. Yeah. But it was, but it was pretty cool. They, they worked a lot of great puzzles into this, having to go underwater with certain Pokemon in a certain order to unlock things. Um, it, it, holds, it holds a place deep in my heart because I love water Pokemon. Um, I almost always picked a water starter. Sobble! It's probably the first time I don't pick the water starter. I know, and, I, and I'm excited because I, I, I'm Team Sobble through and through, so that means I get to have him exclusively here at Level Down Games. I will be going Grookey. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, yeah. You're, you're you're set on the way of the grass this uh, the, this year, and usually, you know, the way of the herb. That's good. <laughs> I was going to say, the way of the grass is usually your way. I was um, going to say. <laughs> no, I, I, I like this track a lot. Um, I do believe, you know, this will probably be at least remixed or made into the new one because I know oh for my sure god I hope so I know I know for sure there's going to be deep water Pokemon on the next one I mean now do you mean Sword and Shield or do you mean the Sword Let's Go okay 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 let's, uh, let's go if, if, if our thing if we correct, get that far yeah if we get that far the, the next generation will be the Gold and Silver series and they didn't have Dive at least to my knowledge I don't think they had Dive I'm pretty sure they didn't have Dive um, so yeah I really, I really really hope that is the route they take like that that is and, and if it is, we should be finding out relatively soon. I mean, you think about it. They announced Pokemon Let's Go the year prior in like the fall Nintendo Direct. So realistically, we could have potentially heard about it last week when we had that Nintendo Direct or two weeks ago Maybe by the we'll time this episode January. posts. So we may find out in the in the big January Direct. You're absolutely right. And specifically because Sword and Shield will already be out. So we'll need to know what's coming next. So it really is possible. And I and I do hope that is the case because I really want to play these games. I really want to get into them and I want to do so with remakes. I don't want to have to go back and play the originals, even though that's totally fine. And I will if I have to in the future. But it's fun to play remakes like, you know, if someone was wanting to play Final Fantasy seven right now, I would tell them to wait for the remake because it's yeah. going to be such a different game. Like, you know, eventually you want to go back and see the original. But for your initial experience, just wait, because it's it's going to be really cool. And that's kind of what I want to do for these Pokemon games, too. So plus, I get to play them on modern platforms like the Switch, which is always nice. 
but I did like that track. It was really, really well done. I, I was impressed with that one. That was a good pick. My next selection is a track that Frank and I took a little bit of liberties with picking a couple of our tracks. Yeah. And this is one of the ones that I, I stretched a little bit because the actual section that the track comes from is not technically underwater, though it kind of is at the same time. And we'll explain that a little bit more when we come back. And you'll know exactly what I mean when you hear the game. But for Mario Party 3, this is Deep Blooper Sea. Deep Blooper Sea from Mario Party 3, which released here in North America May 7th, 2001 on the Nintendo 64. And that track was composed by Ichiro Shimikura. Now, what I mean by that it's technically not underwater, even though it is, that's one of the boards in Mario Party 3. And when you're playing a board game, you can't really do so underwater unless you have like a really special setup. So the board is meant to look like it's underwater and the background is all underwater but it's not technically underwater, even though it kind of is. It's a little I'll confusing. It. It's a kind of confusing. We're along everything we picked, but it's kind of confusing. But I love that track. You have that that basic water theme, water level melody existing throughout the track, but it has a kind of kicking, funky bass line behind it that really keeps the track going. That was a good track. I actually looked it up. I was like, I don't remember this because it's been... Since, uh, when, when was uh, Mario Party 3? 2001, so it's been 18 2001. years. 2001, holy crap. Yep, Mario Party 3 was uh Time is going way years too ago. fast. Yeah, yeah, it's, it continues to move uh, as it's fast moving as... Forward, it's, it's moving forward like a minute per minute. I got nothing. Uh, it's it's <laughs> moving forward. It feels like... <laughs> Listen to that stupid Billie Eilish. 60 seconds. 
almost like a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's so dumb. But I don't know. I, I liked Mario Party 3. I liked a majority. And I think that that was the last one that was on the Nintendo 64. Because if I'm not mistaken, 4 came out the year after. And that was on the GameCube because the GameCube came out in 2001. I'm like, surprised you. I'm surprised you even picked from that series because don't you know that that series breaks up friendships? Okay, and this is a bond that will never be broken, Brian. Well, it's just because I'm so much better than you at Mario Party that no, I doubt it, just... it. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna put a lot of time into the uh, the new one on the Switch. Actually, we played the crap out of that when it came out. All right, Frank, I want to talk about something special that Level Down Games gets to be a part of. For those who are unfamiliar with Kyle, you can hear him weekly every Monday on Max Level, as well as catch his streams at twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce every Tuesday, Thursday, and either Saturday or Sunday. This weekend on Saturday and Sunday, he's hosting a charity event on Twitch with several different streamers involved, and some of them are even verified with significant audiences of their own. They'll be raising money for the Las Vegas PBS Special Needs Library, as Kyle Kyle himself is a pediatric doctor of physical therapy in Las Vegas. We encourage everyone listening to participate in the Streamworks Alliance charity stream this weekend on Saturday, September 21st and Sunday, September 22nd. Information can be found by going to leveldowngames.com and clicking on Streamworks Alliance there in the menu bar. We'll see you this weekend. Oh, uh, how about that's a good transition. Something I played the crap out of. A game okay. I never a game I never owned, but borrowed extensively from a friend to the point that they really got pissed at me. Uh from Rystar. Ooh, okay. This is round two two, also called Break the Silence.
was Break the Silence from Rystar, also called Round 2-2. Two -two. Uh, came out February 16th, 1995, uh, composed by uh, Tomoko Sasaki. And uh, this is a game, like I said, I borrowed this game a lot from my friend Shannon, and she did not like that, the fact that I was constantly borrowing this game from her. <laughs> her and her brother's name, I just cannot remember this time, unfortunately, I'm sorry. He was a bit of a tool. She was my friend, not him. Um, yeah, I also borrowed Mario Paint a lot. That's a, that's a separate thing. I just love to help. I love Mario Paint. I never owned Star either. I rented it from the local store, but I did own Mario Paint, and I played the crap out of that. Yeah, I borrowed those all the time, and she constantly borrowed my copy of Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, so obviously she had good taste in friends and games. Absolutely. I wouldn't know about friends, but... Uh, uh, I, try, I, try, I tried to sneak it in there so you wouldn't say anything mean about me. Okay, um, games for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad, man, because uh, tomorrow the Sega Genesis Mini comes out, and Rystar is not on there. So it's one of those games that was sadly omitted... But it's okay because there's still 42 amazing stuff on the Genesis Mini coming like, out yeah, tomorrow. We got a good, you know, selection of games, but this is like this is one of the like the ones that like when I think of Genesis, I just I think of Rystar. He was supposed to be a mascot character, you know. It's yeah. I remember we we've talked about that before. We played a couple tracks from Rystar, and uh, we do have a bonus episode dropping tomorrow all about the Sega Genesis Mini. So uh, tune in for that tomorrow as well. See how much we spoil you with all these episodes of BG Mania. Yeah, well, we haven't done a bonus episode in a couple months. I, I meant to do one on Fire Emblem. I meant to do one on Fire Emblem last month, but then just never got around to doing the episode because I still haven't finished the game because I moved on to other things. I need to get back to finishing Fire Emblem Three Houses. But tomorrow with that Genesis mini coming out, it just makes so much sense to do an episode based on games that are on the Sega Genesis mini. And I think we have a, a fun selection for that bonus episode tomorrow. We're playing a lot of stuff from games that we never would play otherwise. So it, oh, yeah. it's going to be really fun. So check that episode out tomorrow. But I like this track. I, I do think that it, it does have that underwater feel to it as well, which again, we're going to hear constantly throughout the episode. And Rystar's underwater area was kind of fun. It was kind of cool. I liked it. It was a nice little two level area. It was it was cool. I liked it. Like I said, it was fun. Uh, I got there a lot because I died a lot um, and had to restart the game a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, you just have to go back and replay it again because there's no like safe states back then. There probably will be on the on the Genesis Mini for anything on there, just like all the other classic systems that came out. But back then we didn't have safe states in 1995. <laughs> I talk I talk a lot of crap about people, you know, like needing easy modes and this and that. Let me tell you, I love a good safe state. I use safe states all the time on Nestflix and Snesflix and on the SNES Classic and NES Classic. <laughs> safe states are amazing, dude. It, is, it, is, it, it has helped me uh, not kill myself through frustration and anger and pain uh, to beat a lot of the games I haven't beaten before. So, yeah, safe states are absolutely incredible for that particular reason. Yep. So. All right, man, let's move on to my next pick. And I have a epic track coming up here. Oh, that, I can't uh, wait then. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to you hearing this one because it's it's something that I really enjoy from a composer that we've talked about in the past. We played a couple of his stuff here on the show, but doesn't have a ton of credits in gaming because he's more of an anime composer. From Gravity Rush 2, this is Candlelit Journey.
And that was Candlelit Journey from Gravity Rush 2, released January 20th, 2017 on PlayStation 4, composed by the legendary anime composer Kohei Tanaka. I am in love with that track. And I'm also in love with that particular area from Gravity Rush 2. Before we get talking about the area, I want to talk about the music because that's why we're here. Dude. Holy crap, that piano. Like, I've heard that so many times. And each time I hear it, I feel like I enjoy that track more and more. Like, and I'm always hearing different things that I really enjoy about it. Like, I love how it builds up from a slow start to this insane finish where he is just pounding on that piano but it sounds so good man it is it is that that track gives me goosebumps i love that you know i think i told you this before I, i've been playing piano since i was seven yeah I took, I took lessons i think i'm really good i couldn't hold a candle to this oh uh, a, can, a candle lit journey I guess, I, I guess i guess puns intended but it was even though it was accidental um <laughs> my god man it, I, I i was taken aback i was like oh my god like you just it's so good incredible and I was talking to you about this particular area and then you had to look it up on YouTube to, to see what exactly I was talking about this particular section in Gravity Rush 2 is nothing short of amazing it is breathtaking how they made this particular area Gravity Rush you know taking place in this alternate area you can you're whisked through the air you're flying around all over the place they designed the candlelit journey area to have this underwater feeling to it, even though you kind of technically aren't underwater, but it looks like you are. So as as she is rushing, as Kate is rushing around through the air and doing all these things, like you're landing on these different islands that feel like it's part of the coral reef under the sea. You have these flames, which are like the candles in the name Candlelit Journey, shooting out from these like, what, what the hell, like, guys, what what are those things called at the bottom? Like, the geyser type things that shoot out the bubbles at the bottom of the ocean in most of the, um, most of the water levels oh, that you see in gaming? Oh, like, what are those the, little... They're like vents. The, the vents. Yeah, like the little ocean, vents. Yeah, or, yeah that, that's exactly where you get, like, the steam and all that, like that, where that comes up. That's where the, the actual fire is shooting up in this area. And there's, like, bubbles floating through the sky. It looks like you're underwater. And I saw an interview with Kohei Tanaka when they were talking about this particular thing. And the team actually wanted this to feel like it was an underwater level because they wanted an underwater level in Gravity Rush 2 but they couldn't make it work based on the way that the game actually is and the setting so they just designed this particular area to feel like an underwater area and Koei Tanaka designed the music as if it was an underwater level and I absolutely love that because it sounds like it and it feels like it when you're playing it I'm definitely I'm just taking it back it's 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 breathtaking it really is yeah, just the the color palette that they use, everything going on there. Uh, yeah, this is I, a very I, I special legit, area. I legit pulled it up. I was like, I, I, I would believe it's an underwater level. I didn't know about yeah. it. It's a special area in this game, dude. I really enjoyed it a lot. Do you know what? From high up in the sky, Brian, I'm going to take you a thousand leagues below. Ooh, I'm excited for this one. From Shovel Knight, this is a thousand leagues below.
And that was A Thousand Leagues Below from Shovel Knight, which came out June 26th, 2014, composed by Minami Atsume. I am so happy you picked that track, Frank. And and I, if you didn't, I would have, because I do think that is one of the strongest underwater themes that we're going to hear today. And technically, that kind of exists. I am so in love with that and what she did with that track. Hard to believe she only did two tracks on the whole soundtrack, too. I'm glad you did this one, though. Yeah, I'm super glad you did this one. Now, I, I will say Jake Kaufman did a phenomenal job by himself doing everything else on Shovel Knight's soundtrack. Exactly. But the, the two tracks that Minami Matsume did, I'm so happy she did this one because not only does it really, it is an underwater thing and you can clearly tell, but I love how you can kind of get hints of Castlevania in that too. Like, it's so obvious. It, it's, it's there. It's it's in the ether. You can hear it, not even a question. It's so obvious. <laughs> I love Shovel Knight. I love everything about Shovel Knight. All of the DLC, all of the different packs that they've released after have been phenomenal. And really, just counting down today's till uh, King of Cards this December. We talked about it a couple weeks ago on the Max of a Podcast. Kyle, a, uh, another big fan of Shovel Knight here at Level Down Games, and you hear him every week on the, uh, the Max of a Podcast as well is probably the biggest Shovel Knight fan out of all of us here at the uh, at level at level down games. And I know he is really looking forward to jumping into that new content this year as well. And I I can't wait to hear the new music. I can't wait to hear the new music, dude. That's the thing. Like, I love anytime they put out new stuff because it means new music. I really have to play. In fact, I'm impressed with the fact that this game just keeps adding to itself. Like this is is a game that's five five years old and there's, there's still an expansion coming out soon. Yeah, and this is the final. I mean, they will be moving on after this, but still, this game has been current and ongoing for five years, and they've released, I think, King of Cards, if if I want to say, is like the third or fourth add-on pack to this game. Like, and it's, they've done a lot of things with this. Yacht Club Games really did something special with Shovel Knight, and I really am curious where they're going to take Shovel Knight as a franchise moving forward. But man, what a phenomenal pick. I love that, dude. That that section there in the middle where like that is literally my favorite thing in that entire track. And oh, dude, that, that, that gives me goosebumps. That was a great pick. I really like that a lot. We are going to move to one of my biggest tracks, I think, that we have on on the show. Probably this man. I don't want to say it's my heaviest hit, but I think it actually might be. From Chrono Trigger, this is Undersea Palace.
And that was Undersea Palace from Chrono Trigger, which released August 11th, 1995 on the Super Nintendo, composed, as we know, by the wonderful Yasunori Mitsuda. I love that, dude. Again, it has a little bit of epicness there behind it, keeping the thing moving forward, but everything else really does sound like an underwater level. And the Undersea Palace is a really cool area in and of itself in Chrono Trigger. Like when when you actually get to this portion in the game, uh, it, it was always really cool looking. So I knew for a fact, like when we came up with the or not, we didn't come up with the Steven actually did. But when he suggested this episode topic to us, I knew besides the Zora's Domain track from Twilight Princess, that this was like I, I knew three off the top of my head. This was the second one. And we'll get to the third one here in a, in a little bit. But man, I love this track, dude. Absolutely love this track. I got a different weird kind of underwater feel from this one here. And I don't know exactly where I play Chrono Trigger, at least not this far into the game. Uh, sure. I got like a submarine kind of feel to this. I could kind of get that a little bit. Yeah, um, it's, this is just a big palace, a dungeon that you go to in the game. But I could I could hear why you got elements of a submarine from it for sure. Well, that, 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 I don't know. I'm a crazy man. I'm a, I'm a wild guy. <laughs> but like I said, I, I don't want to say that's my strongest track because I, I like thinking I have other like big tracks coming up. But it might be my favorite thing that I have, man, because I love that. I love everything about that track. I love how it sounds. It, that's so good to me. I really like that a lot. Come on. You, you have one of the greats composing. You, you know, he's going to have a good track no matter what. So absolutely, man. Anytime Yasunori Mitsuda is involved, it, it brings a smile to my face for sure. I quickly want to talk about leveldowngames.com. If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts. All of our content can be found on our main home on the internet, including new weekly episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania, alongside reviews for the newest release games and accessories, and next week, news pieces are returning to our outlet. So please, if you aren't a regular visitor of leveldowngames.com, consider bookmarking it and checking it out every so often. It would really mean a lot to all of us and help us out so much. Podcast, of course, can always be found on your favorite podcast app of choice every Monday morning for Max Level and every Wednesday morning for BG Mania. All right. Now, uh, as Brian said before, we have a few stretches here. So uh, my track absolutely 100% takes place underwater from Bioshock. This is (laughs) Welcome to Rapture. Thank you. 
And that is Welcome to Rapture from Bioshock. Came out August 21st, 2007s. Composed by Gary Scheiman. Yeah, he, uh, he does all the music for the Bioshock games. Uh, he also did music for Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Which came out the, which, which came out the which same day came as Bioshock out The same day as Bioshock 2, which you purchased over Bioshock 2. <laughs> the story I tell all the time. I'm a dummy. Man, I'm going to my midnight launch to pick up Dante's Inferno. Look at all these people here buying Dante's Inferno. <laughs> I got a cool action figure out of it, okay? <laughs> no, no, they're all here for Bioshock 2, you freaking nerd. You're here picking up Dante's Inferno. It's a sweet game. <laughs> it is. It, it is a great game. I, know, I like the better one. Was, I like the better one's called God of War, but whatever. <laughs> I was not surprised when you submitted your list to me and a Bioshock track was on there. I Like I said, I tell you when we're listening to it, I expected you to have something from Bioshock and you didn't disappoint in that regard just because it seems like something that you would pick from. You know me, I'm always trying to break the rules, okay? I'm a bad boy, like I said. I don't think this breaks the rules because it, it does it's take place it's, underwater. It, it's an underwater level, so uh, I, I like that you agree with my crazy rationale, so when I try to play something sneaky in another episode, you know. Uh, well, if it actually fits, it fits. This totally fits because Rapture is all under the ocean. So how could this not fit? Even though the levels themselves, you're not technically in the water because they've built this city to exist under the water. It's still under the sea. It still counts. I wish I lived in Rapture. Rapture's beautiful. I loved the imagery that they used for that and everything about it. Rapture was really beautiful. Um, um, Brian, would you kindly give me $100,000? No. (laughs) That's worth a shot. (laughs) Worth a shot. I just, I I love that that violin, man, that... So good. So good. And this is one of the very first things you hear upon starting Bioshock. And it sets the tone for everything that's going to happen, not only in this game, but the next two games as well, because Bioshock takes some weird, crazy, twisting turns. And this music has that eerie type of feel to it. And for good reason, man. Bioshock's an eerie type of game. You know what? I think I've said this before, but Bioshock is one of a handful of games, and maybe like three or four games, that's ever made me jump in fear. Uh, one of them was Resident Evil, because how can you not jump with the original Resident Evil unless you're made of when stone? The, when the zombies originally break through the, the window, man, everybody jumped there. Every single person jumped there. But th- this one here is when you're walking through that uh, area with the, all the wax figures. Yes, 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 and like, yes. And part of me is like, you know, they're going to come to life. You come on, how long have you been playing video games? But part of me is like, hey, maybe they really are just wax figures. And then they got me and it made me scared and I had to put a pair of shorts on. What can I say? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised you were even wearing shorts. Well, I'd like to let my free flag fly, but that is. Not, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to paint the imagery for the listener. No, please don't. They don't need that uh, horror. We're talking horror and Bioshock. They don't need those horror stories in real life, too. Great pick, though. Great freaking pick. I I enjoyed that a lot. I have a fun pick coming up here that I actually kind of forgot about until I was doing some research on the episode. And then I remembered this game and I actually have this game and I've played this game. And I was like, well, I don't know why I didn't think of this because it totally, totally fits. And it's so cool. From Endless Ocean Blue World. This is Aquarium.
was Aquarium from Endless Ocean Blue World, which released February 22nd, 2010 on the Nintendo Wii, composed by Shinji Hosoi. Uh, this, even though the name of the track is Aquarium, this is actually like the world map music when you're picking a spot to dive into. And a majority of Endless Ocean Blue World, it all takes place under the ocean, under the water, you're going in there, you can literally just explore what's down there. And it's kind of true to life, man. They really did some cool stuff with uh, with the end because there was Endless Ocean and then this was the sequel, Endless Ocean Blue World. Very special game. I'm glad I actually played through these. I'm glad I own, I own both of these games still and love these games. But it inspired, I was looking into it, it inspired a lot of people like to get interested in marine biology, which, you know, when a game can do that, that's really freaking cool. But how beautiful is this track, dude? That pan flute. Oh, my God. Like, I love everything about this track, man. Like it it is, I think, the strongest thing that we have today that can be considered spiritual. Like this is something special. This track, Shinji Hosoi did something great with this, dude. And the entire soundtrack is very much like this. But I think this is the star of the soundtrack. I love this so much. I would legitimately like put this on and meditate too, because like this is the kind of stuff I listen to when I like try to calm down. Yeah, I could totally listen to this on repeat for hours on end. I love this track. Um, so I'm gonna pick things up. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, from a great composer. Um, let's take things over to the other side of the pond, as they say. <laughs> to the greatest of Britons. This is from Banjo Kazooie, Clanker's Cavern. Thank you. 
that is Clanker's Cavern from Banjo-Kazooie, which came out June 29th, 1998, composed, of course, by Grant Kirkhope. Dude, I love this song. It's so good. It's in you. It, I, I, it, it has that like, oh, man, I don't even know how to describe it, but like it is such a cool feeling to this track. I like this a lot. This is the nautical feel too. Like it's the um, bum, 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 bum. yeah, kind of like a little piratey almost, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and if you ever Clanker was a big uh, metalfish thingy. Yeah, yeah. And this is his cavern. And oh man, it, it 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 sounds like you're in an underwater cave because you are. Okay. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> we don't normally break down the instrumentation here, but I, I'd be remiss not to say, man. The fact that you have a xylophone and a tuba holding this song down. Great. It's so it's crazy. It's so good. And, and I'm, I'm glad that Banjo Mania is back again. You know, he was just recently added to the Smash Ultimate cast. People are excited and talking about Banjo again. There's clamoring of, you know, let's just get another Banjo game made. Will it ever happen? I don't know. Doubtful. I, th- I think that it will. And I, and I do think that Rare is... Uh, you know, if you want another banjo game, just go play ukulele from a couple of years <laughs> yeah, ago. Exactly. And literally next month you have ukulele and the impossible lair coming out. So just play those because it literally is what banjo should be in 2019. But I, I, I am hopeful that we'll get to return to the universe of banjo kazooie in the future, whether it's from rare or whether it's another team that makes the game. I don't, I don't care. I just want another banjo game. It Guys, would be really cool I would to see love that. a crossover event. Oh, like between Platonic and Rare. I, I don't think they're yeah. going to do that because I think Platonic has they, they've definitely moved on and they, and, they, and they want to continue moving on. Like they don't I don't think they really want to go back and, and work on that again because uh, it just I, I don't know if there's like any sour taste or, or anything like that. But I think they're happy where they're at with their own studio and working on ukulele and whatever they're going to do next. It's but, up to you fans then to do this for me. <laughs> I always enjoy having banjo music in the show, and, and you have been picking a lot from banjo lately. I, you know me, I pick what I love. Yeah, and it's always cool hearing it. You know, Grant Kirkhope did such a good job with the soundtrack. Uh, really is a, a phenomenal piece of music. So I, I did enjoy that a lot. And like I said, it's it, it has that underwater cavern feel because it is. But you, you're, we're not going to hear another track that sounds like that today at all. No, and we ha- no. and, and that's what's really cool about that. So I love these tracks that are totally unique, that have these individual personalities, I guess, to them. And, and that's really cool. So. All right, man, let's move on to another one of my picks. And this comes from a game that I actually put a review up for on leveldowngames.com. It's one of the initial games we reviewed for our website, which is actually really cool to think about. From Abzu, this is Elasmosaurus Plectorus.
And that was Elasmosaurus Platoris from Abzu, which released August 2nd, 2016 on PC and PS4. And I do think that it actually probably isn't still, but it was just last week. Hopefully you picked it up. It was free on the Epic Game Store. Composed by Austin Wintery. I was going to guess Dallas Summary, but it was pretty close. I... (laughs) God, <laughs> it was uh, by San Antonio Springery. <laughs> the stupid Frank well, jokes. That's, well, well, that's just being silly now, right? <laughs> I love that, dude. I first of all love I, I love Abzu like very, you know, it was inspired by Journey has the same composer as Journey. It, it, it just really was one of those types of games that. It was special, and I loved playing it. I thought it was beautiful. Everything about the game it was one of those spiritual type of experiences that I would never want to change anything about, and I would love to go back and experience again. Absolutely love Abzu from start to finish, and it's not that long of a game. So you could literally finish it in three, four hours, one sitting, if, if you can do that, which most people can. So highly recommend playing this game if you haven't yet, but I love everything that Austin Wintery touches. Like, Journey is great. Abzu is great. The Banner Saga trilogy is great. Like, he just is a fantastic composer that I can really get behind. Like, I love his music. And this is so peaceful, dude. It's so calming. And that's the kind of music that you want from a game that is all about exploring under the water. You know, we talked about that a little bit with the uh, Endless Ocean track uh, two tracks ago, the the last one that I picked. And this kind of goes hand in hand with that pick. It's so good. And it just fits the feeling of being a deep sea diver underwater experiencing these special things for the very first time honestly when i heard this i didn't immediately feel underwater of course this whole game's underwater i felt like this was like a beautiful glorious triumphant morning that's just the kind of feel you get like when you're out there just exploring the world and this is this is exploring the world so and you and you know what the best part of waking up is frank soldiers in my cup exactly <laughs> Folgers in your cup God, what a good commercial. What a great freaking uh, jingle that is. Jingles need to make a comeback. Yeah, jingles. Jingle all the way. Terrible movie. Put the cookie down. It's my cookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to take you to one of our favorite series. Okay. A track I'm surprised we haven't played because this is a really strong, awesome piece of music here. Um, Again, stretching my liberties with the words underwater. This is the waterfall from Super Castlevania 4.
And that was The Waterfall from Super Castlevania 4, which came out December 4th, 1991, composed by the Konami Kukuihi Club, which is uh, Masanori Adachi and Tarokuda. Yeah, love this track, dude. You even mentioned it, but I want I was going to point it out if you if you didn't. But uh, the, the waterfall drops. That's so good. And yeah, it's a nice slow track. It's a pretty creepy area. And it, it, it's you're all it you're is. Under, it absolutely you're, is. You're right. I like that. And you're under the waterfall, so it's underwater kind. Of. Uh, I, I really like the whole staccato thing we did there with the the, the, the water drops. It's like that, that, that was a nice touch. Yeah. And you don't like you, you don't get that a lot. Like, it's super cool that they that they were able to do that with the actual music, because I like that it was just built into the track. And really, if you close your eyes, you do kind of feel like you're in this cave somewhere behind a waterfall and you can literally just hear the drops of water. Oh, man, it's so good. This is and you're right. It's very eerie, dude. This is a creepy track and it's so good. I really like this a lot. That's something I've noticed, too, by just doing a little research. Um, I know we we had a pretty good variety of music here. A lot of underwater tracks are actually kind of creepy. I guess because yeah. the fact that the, the, because the ocean is so unknown that it does evoke that kind of feeling. People like it is. Like what did they say that we, we don't know? We we know less about our own ocean than we do about like. Space. Mar- Mars and <laughs> exactly. certain, like planets that are hundreds of light years away. Like we know more about them than we do our own ocean. And I, I, it's it's an astronomical percentage. And I wish I I wish I knew what it was. But the like amount of knowledge that we have on our ocean is literally just like, what is it like? It, it may even be in the single digits of, of what we know about our ocean in terms of like the entirety of the ocean, because it is so deep in certain places and it's so different man art there's a whole there's a whole nother world under the ocean there really is and if you are into like those conspiracy theory type shows i could totally see how there really could be like an ancient civilization living under the water that is adapted that we just never know about that is so deep down there that we just can't see them um hopefully it's not the sea monkeys who i killed back in like 89 because I'm talking about like the Atlanteans, man, like like things like that. Like if if there really was a a civilization that existed underwater or, you know, if you believe in like aliens and if there was like an alien civilization that was able to because you you see those videos a lot with like these weird lights rising out of the especially like off the uh, off the coast of California. But you see those videos of things like coming out of the ocean. If there was an alien base under the water, I would totally believe it because it's so expansive and so deep that there's no way we can prove that something isn't down there like there's no way to prove it i'm hoping for kaiju (laughs) one day he's just gonna rise out of the water and terrorize tokyo (laughs) (laughs) save us godzilla save us all (laughs) did you know we do more than just bg mania here at level down games for those who are unaware we do a weekly all-purpose video game podcast known as max level every monday morning Featuring myself, Frank, Sean, and Kyle, the four of us talk about the hottest topics in gaming that week while discussing the games we've been spending time with over the past seven days. Not only that, but we detail the new releases for the week, including a fun Metacritic guessing game. Speaking of games, if you're into trivia, Bonus Stage is a competitive segment where Sean, Frank, and Kyle compete against one another in a series of five questions to see who is the champion for that week. Max Level was always a lot of fun and entertaining while still providing the news you need to know on a weekly basis. Also, the latest reviews, impressions, reaction videos, and podcast episodes can be found on our main home on the internet, and hopefully one day yours as well, leveldowngames.com. All right, man, this is cool to me because you kicked off the show 
with a Tommy Tallarico track. I myself picked a Tommy Tallarico track. What? From a totally different game and one that we actually did pick from back during our Tommy Tallarico episode. And I remember picking from this and just how awesome this soundtrack was. So I wanted to revisit it. And it's another game about exploring the ocean. From Treasures of the Deep, this is Wreck of the Concepcion. That was Wreck of the Concepcion from Treasures of the Deep, released August 31st, 1997 on the PlayStation 1, composed, as I mentioned before we listened to it, by Tommy Tallarico. I love the guitar in that track, dude. Absolutely love that piece of music. I, I will never have a bad thing to say about this guy. Uh, he's he's great. Video Games Live is great. This music is great. I, I, I'm at a loss for words, man. To- Tommy is a legend. I say we. I say I say next week we do part two. Tommy Tallarico. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but I I love this track, and this was my backup track for that Tommy Tallarico episode back in the day, which was our first composer deep dive. Tommy Tallarico was the initial composer we kicked off the uh, the deep dive series with. If you want to listen to some rough audio, go back and check that episode out. We don't have the audio quality we, were learning, we do now. Okay? Yeah, we we sounded Frank sounds like he's talking out of the asshole of some fish under the ocean. 
because it just you, your audio was bad, dude. Your audio was bad for the first like 30 episodes. <laughs> I was using the stock microphone from a laptop. At the time. I yeah. know. <laughs> so I said talking out of the asshole of a sh- of a of a uh, of a fish under the water, basically. <laughs> but man, this I love this. Now, I am more of a fan of the, the track that we played from Treasures of the Deep in that Tommy Tallarico spotlight episode. Because it just, it's, uh, and I remember distinctly even saying when we listened to it, I listened to it again before this episode just because I love the track, but it sounds like a, uh, an old style, like 1990s, mid 1990s WCW wrestling theme, like the, uh, the four horsemen type stuff. It's so good. But this track is also phenomenal. Like what he was able to do with this, the, the guitar and just really getting that sense of exploration under the ocean, because that's all that treasures of the deep is about. Tommy does some good stuff, man. I really did enjoy this one too. Make more music, Tommy. He's still out there. He's doing awesome things, man. Doing awesome things with video games live. Please, please do our our theme song. Oh, make us a make us a theme song for uh, BG Mania. Yeah, I could pay you in Frank bucks, which are practically legal tender. We we know that those are worthless, but cool to have nonetheless. And can you imagine like what the uh, the BG Mania theme song would sound like? It's two guys. One is awesome. One is fat. (laughs) <laughs> Brian, this is an audio podcast <laughs> and I need you to, to, to rise above this bullying okay oh, so, my so, best. September, September is national let's not bully Frank month <laughs> alright uh, I myself only have one track left um, yeah. which is sad because I trying to get another one played and Brian saying no I only have one left as well, but we do have a special uh, track to close out with. That was a listener submission for this particular episode, which I always enjoyed getting. I was willing to supersede his pick and replace it with another one of my own, but apparently not. Um, But I tried. Uh, So my track comes from one of the few Metroid games I have not beaten, sadly. I was surprised you picked this because I know you're not a huge fan of this particular arc of Metroid. This is from Metroid Prime. This is Crashed Ship Frigate Orpheon.
And that was Crashed Ship Frigate Orpheon from Metroid Prime, uh, which came out here November 17th, 2002. I got two composers in this one. I have Kenji Yamamoto and Koichi Kiyomi. Okay. Kenji, Kenji Yamamoto, one of the best Metroid composers that, that really has been. I love his work on the series. Uh, I, I really do like this track. Uh, I like the fact in the beginning you heard like the echolocation, almost like a dolphin or a... Yeah, you pointed that out to me while you were listening to it, and that was really cool. I had never actually picked up on that before. It actually sparked our minds. It sparked our minds, hey, how come we didn't pick from Echo and the Dolphin? And there's always radio hours. You, you never know. <laughs> We've thought of a couple of things that we hadn't picked from um, Echo the Dolphin. You jokingly, jokingly mentioned SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. <laughs> Again, like I said, we, we could definitely throw that into radio hours, so it'll happen. Uh, let's not, unless there's a decent track from that game. I, I don't wonder, know. I wonder if there's a good underwater Rugrats track. Um, anyway. Jesus, uh, I hope not. Yeah, like I said, this is one of the few Metroids uh, that I just didn't get into. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of this whole prime arc. I can Love care it. less about four. Um, it's my absolute <laughs> favorite when it comes to Metroid. Which you're never going to say. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a 2D Metroid guy. Uh, always have been, always will be. Yeah, I know you are. But man, like something about the, the 3D exploration of the Prime series, what they were able to do as like a first person type of a shooter almost. It really kind of is, even though it's more of an exploration Metroidvania style of a game. But what Retro was able to do with that, man, it, it really did bring a huge smile to my face playing through the original trilogy. And the fact that they're back on it now for Prime 4. Hopefully we'll see that in the next couple of years. I, I know that it's, it's still a ways away, but man, I am really looking forward to see what they do with Metroid Prime 4. I do think that's going to be a special game and another track that has like an eerie undertone to it. Very much like the waterfalls that you picked uh, from Super Castlevania 4. You know, go, go, uh, Jason Waterfalls. You know, the old uh, it's, it's spooky. the old uh, misheard lyrics from TLC. Yes. Can, you, can you imagine people used to actually sing that? Go, go, Jason Waterfalls. Uh, for the longest time, my sister used to sing the Aerosmith song, Do This Like a Lady. <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know, it's Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. But uh, man, that, that is actually a really good song. <laughs> it's a really go, good go, song. Jason. Go, go, Jason Waterfalls. Go, go, Jason Waterfalls. Uh, dude, I love that. Like, I will... that, I, I, I'm going to start using that name to order pizza now. <laughs> Jason Waterfalls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But this track really does have that like spooky undertone to it, and uh, which makes sense because a, this is another kind of like eerie, creepy level in Metroid Prime. And Metroid really, Metroid Prime specifically, there's a lot of creepiness in this particular arc of Metroid. And Kenji Yamamoto did a really good job portraying that through the music. Absolutely. We have two tracks left on the episode this week as we've been exploring some underwater music here at BG Mania. Normally, we'd be just closing out with my last pick. But like I said, we did have a special listener submission that actually came to us from our Discord server. And if you want to join our Discord server, you're more than welcome to. The link is actually in the description of the show. It's been there forever. If you want to click it, jump in here. We discuss each episode of BG Mania every week in Discord. Talk to you guys. It's it's a lot of fun. So uh, if you want to jump in and do that with us, you can also submit tracks in there as well. And we will use them as long as uh, as long as it fits like this one did that we're going to close out with. But before we get to that one, we'll take a listen to my last pick on the show from Bravely Default. This is Sailing the Sea. Thank you. 
And that was Sailing the Sea from Bravely Default, which released February 7th, 2014 on the Nintendo 3DS, composed by an individual or group known as Revo. And I looked into it a little bit. There is a composer in that group, but it is a group as well. So they they did the work for all of the uh, the Bravely Default. Well, I shouldn't say all the two Bravely Default games. And they did a really good job with the soundtrack. Like it is the game that really brought like a lot of the JRPG love back to Square Enix because, you know, for the longest time, Square was neglecting their JRPG franchises and neglecting the genre that made them famous and popular. And then they went back and did Bravely Default, which was like a retro throwback to the old style of Final Fantasy games. And they did so well that it inspired all these other games to come out that feel like retro throwbacks. And now they're re-releasing things. And we just found out that Final Fantasy VII Remake at Tokyo Game Show is going to have a classic mode as well, where you'll be able to play as turn-based battles instead of the action battles. So they're doing things that make sense. They're making the right decisions. They're making the right calls. Having both battle systems and seven remake is phenomenal because it gives people the opportunity to play turn-based if they want to or play action if they want to. So I love that a lot, but bravely default, man. I really did enjoy this series. I love the first game, love the second game. And it's the same studio that did um, Octopath Traveler, which you you know that we both really enjoyed that game as well. So I think their next game is Bravely Third, and I'll be looking forward to see what they do with that, you know, continuing the Bravely series. But how beautiful was this, dude? Like, so this is obviously the name of the track is Sailing the Sea. It's the music that plays when you get your ship, like your actual ship that sails on the ocean. And the track doesn't actually play that often in the game because you only have the ship for a limited time before you get access to the airship. And then it negates the need to use the actual ship, the, you know, the nautical ship. So this track only plays for a small portion of the game, but it plays anytime you're actually sailing the ocean. And there are sections of the ocean when you're exploring that you do go under the water and the same track plays, but also the battles that take place while you're sailing the ocean. Some of them take place under the water as well. And this music plays. So again, we're stretching a little bit with this one, but it fits and it's beautiful. So I wanted to play this and it's, it's probably something that, uh, that normally we wouldn't be able to, to squeeze into an episode theme like this. So I said, you know what, why not? Because it does kind of fit. And like I said, dude, I really like this. It's beautiful. I like what they did with this. That's a pretty, pretty piece. Yeah. And you know, JRPGs usually always have some phenomenal music. So always really do get to enjoy when we explore things that we really haven't got the chance to do before. As mentioned, though, uh, to close out the episode, we have a listener submission came to us from Brian, who is one of our biggest listeners and, and really a, a friend of the show at this point. Uh, we are we are in constant contact with him. He, he's a really cool individual and love getting the chance to talk with him. He submitted a track for this episode, and I really enjoyed this because not only is it unique to Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, but it also features like a little bit of a remixed version of Lockjaw Saga, which is a track from Donkey Kong Country 2 that we've not yet played. And I contemplated adding Lockjaw Saga to my personal picks of my eight when we were coming up with the playlist for this underwater episode. But when I saw he had submitted this particular track and the fact that Lockjaw Saga is kind of part of this track, it knocked basically two birds out with one stone. I thought that was really cool. So uh, I, I really did enjoy this pick. So 
from Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze to close out the episode, we're going to take a listen to Irate 8, which is the underwater level featuring Lockjaw Saga. And this released February 21st, 2014 on the Wii U. It is also available on the Nintendo Switch now. And this was composed by the wonderful David Wise, who, you know, just like Grant Kirkhope and all of these individuals at Rare, Graham Norgate, they made some phenomenal music, man. This is a phenomenal track and a great way to close out the episode. I really like the song. It has a bit of a Doctor Who feel to it, too. Very like, It really does. Which you'll never. I, I love the Doctor Who theme in general. So you, I'm saying in, in the best of ways. Uh, this is a this is the only Donkey Kong game to my knowledge that I have never played. And I was talking to you about this when we were listening to it. That is absolutely crazy to me because it really is one of the better Donkey Kong games to come out since the I've, I've even original those, trilogy. I've even played like those Mario Donkey Kong games on the Game Boy. I really need to play this. It's really the only one I ever played. That's so bad. Yeah, and like I said, it's available on Switch. So and you know. Black Friday's coming up in two months. I mean, this probably is going to be something because it's, you know, it kind of released like last May. So it's about a year and a half old at this point. You might be able to catch it for, you know, what happens 20, with 20 bucks Black- or less. <laughs> you know what happens with me on Black Friday? I buy like 300 games. I know. But like I'm saying, you might this is something you might actually be able to catch for like 20 bucks or less at, at some stores or maybe even Amazon. Uh, and if that's the case, a, a steal at that point, even at 30 bucks, I think half off, because I'm sure the game still retails for 60 because it's Nintendo. <laughs> Yeah, you, should, you should you should definitely uh, look into picking this up if it even goes half off, because uh, I really think you would enjoy this. It, it is phenomenal. So uh, we'll be closing out with that. But I do think that's going to bring us to the close of the show this week, unless you have anything else you wanted to discuss before we get on out of here. Um, I think we said absolutely everything. Uh, float on, everybody. Float on. As much as we could being under the water, you know, we, we were slowly running out of breath. We've been... Uh, We've been going for an hour and a half, holding our breath under the water, listening to phenomenal music. And uh, it's time to resurface, catch our breath and and move on to the next episode. So that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by LeveldownGames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas and requests for future episodes to BG Mania at LeveldownGames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially... If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, we'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Games. Subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up Twitch.tv forward slash Games and click that follow button. We are not live often. I say that all the time. If you want to follow someone that is live every Tuesday, every Thursday and every either Saturday or Sunday, Twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce. That's B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. And please, 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 please do not forget to check out his charity stream on Twitch this Saturday and Sunday, the 21st and 22nd. We are looking for all the support we can get for the uh, Las Vegas special needs library. So so tune in for that. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook can be placed to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Next week, we've already reached the end of the month for September. And you know what that means. It's time for another edition of Radio Hour, Volume 27. We'll have five tracks from me, five tracks from Frank, one from you, the listener, and one from Jessica. Another eclectic mix. It should be fun, man. I'm really looking forward. And like I said, I really think I have the pick of the year for this particular radio hour. And I'm excited to share it with you next week. I need to search high and low for the greatest song of all time to blow it out of the water. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm really looking forward to you hearing this particular piece of music next week because I think that uh, as soon as it starts, you will have to pick your jaw up off the floor and you may not be able to surgically reattach it. This is I'm, I'm, I'm gonna really have looking to forward find to something. I- I'm going to pick a song for the Death Jam Vendetta soundtrack. I know for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, tune in for that though next week. Radio R Volume 27. And like we mentioned earlier on in the show, don't forget tomorrow because the Sega Genesis Mini is coming out. We'll be posting that bonus episode of BG Mania for this month. Uh, it's bonus episode number 17, our Sega Genesis mini celebration episode. We'll have eight tracks from me, eight tracks from Frank, all from games that you can find on the Sega Genesis mini. So tune in for that. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Irate 8, the underwater level featuring Lockjaw's Saga from Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, composed by David Wise and submitted to us from Brian on our Discord server. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.